Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a great promise. That is, my labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I hope that you are laboring. I hope that you're doing a work for God. And no matter what you're doing, no matter what occupation you're in, uh, no matter what educational background you have, I hope and pray that you are always abounding in the work of the Lord. And uh, this is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. been serving the Lord here for the last 26 years, and uh, what a blessing it has been. I tell you what, I wouldn't trade my life for anything else, and uh, I was just... Uh, talking to some of our people here that uh, have grown up in our ministry. And uh, it's, it's just been a blessing being here uh, because you get to, I, I've seen people uh, that when we first came here to Uganda 26 years ago that were just little kids, uh, just in our children's ministry, and now they've grown up through their teenage years, they've grown up through the adult, I've seen them get married, and uh, now they're serving the Lord and uh, helping us here in the ministry. I tell you what, it doesn't get any better than that. Amen. And uh, I am just so, so thankful, so thankful uh, for the opportunity of serving God here in this country. Uh, does it have its problems? Oh, yes. Does it have its challenges? Definitely. Uh, Uganda is a third world country, and uh, third world country mentality many times is prevalent in, uh, in what we do and how we do business, how we deal with the government, how we do you know, with our people, with culture. All of that, it always presents its challenges, uh, but I tell you what, overall, it has just been a blessing uh, to be able to serve the Lord here in Uganda, and I am so fortunate and privileged uh, to be able to be a part of the work of God here. And uh, so I just pray, I pray that God continues to give us the health that we need uh, to be able to continue the work. Uh, my greatest fear, my greatest fear is that something would happen. My plans, my plans uh, right now are to stay here for as long as God will have me, whatever his will is for my life. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm content. I'm willing to stay here, continuing to train pastors, continuing to train Christian workers for the ministry. Uh, that is the desire of my heart. That is a love of my heart. Uh, I love doing that. I love being involved in that. Uh, but that is my plans. And uh, But my greatest fear is that something would happen uh, whether it be through political turmoil or whether it be through personal health, uh, whatever it might be that uh, would cause us to have to leave the country, uh, I surely do not want that to happen. And so I pray that God gives us as many years as possible here uh, to continue the work of the Lord. And uh, pray for laborers. Uh, Uganda is a country of 45 million people, 45 million people. Uh, in a country uh, the size of the state of Oregon. 
and uh, not a very big country, uh, but a lot of people everywhere you go. There's people, people, people everywhere you go, village after village after village after village, people that need Jesus Christ. And uh, we definitely need laborers. And uh, in one of these days, uh, I've, I, I, you know, if God allows me to stay here for 30 or 40 years, uh, I don't know what God's plan is for my life, but eventually uh, I need to be replaced. Eventually someone's got to take my place and someone's got to continue to carry on the torch and continue training uh, men and women of God for uh, the ministry. And so continue to pray for us, continue to pray for my wife as she continues to recover from her uh, surgery. And uh, hopefully the, uh, the antibiotics that she has taken is working excuse me, and that she is able to, uh, to be able to be totally bacteria free. So there's no infection. There's nothing, uh, there that is bothering her knee and causing her to, uh, continue to have pain. And so just, just continue to lift her up in prayer and, uh, pray for my health and uh, pray that God continues to protect me. Uh, I've had malaria, uh, many, many times. I think I finally found, uh, some type of, uh, medicine that, uh, at least up to this point. I've been taking it now for about two months. I've been taking it, and uh, so far in those two months, I've not uh, contacted malaria, and uh, so I hope I found something that uh, will help to prevent it. And uh, But uh, Africa is tough on people, and uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, Africa is tough on anybody. Uh, it's tough on the people who live here. That's why the life expectancy is very short. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's just a tough uh, living environment. And so just really, really pray for us. Uh, again, our desire is to be here for as long as God would have us to be here. And uh, so pray for the political situation, pray for our health, and uh, pray that God will give us as many years as he will allow us to have uh, to always abound in his work here in the country of Uganda. And wherever you are today, I hope that and pray that you are as well abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, let's go to the book of James, James chapter 5, James chapter 5, and are continuing our verse-by-verse -verse study uh, through this book. Uh, looking at uh, ways that we can abound, uh, principles that will help us uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord. In our last podcast, we looked at verses 1 up to verse number 6 and uh, talking about uh, the dangers of being rich and the warning to God's people about falling into the trap of riches, about falling into the stereotype of uh, those that are rich and wealthy. And uh, so we talked about that last podcast. And so we're going to look at something that I believe is a bit more encouraging uh, than the last podcast was, I think. And, uh, and uh, most of us probably uh, would not describe ourselves as rich. And so we say, well, Brother Keith, you know, I would not fall into that, uh, that uh, stereotype, but uh, you never know. You never know what might happen. And uh, so God just wants to make sure that we have the right attitude toward wealth, toward riches. Well, let's look in verse number seven and eight, James chapter five and verse number seven and eight. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, this book was written 2,000 years ago, and uh, he says the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It's getting nearer. 
And uh, you say, well, does that mean he's not coming? No, no, it just means he's a whole lot closer to coming than when James thought he was coming. But he says, be patient. Notice in both these verses, be patient, be patient, therefore, be patient, therefore. Now, again, this is coming as a result of verse number six. He says, ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren. Okay, so he's just come off talking about they're giving us this stereotype, if you would, of of those who are rich and and the danger of allowing riches to be able to influence and ruin your life. And so I think again, again, looking at the context of this, he's saying, "Be patient, therefore, brethren. Don't don't live." Remember down back up in verse number one. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. All right. So if if you don't have the right attitude toward wealth and you don't have the right attitude toward riches, all you have to look forward to is misery. All right. You just have misery, and uh, and 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 again, you you look at the the suicide rate of those that are rich. Uh, those that, uh, you know, they, they have all this amassed amount of wealth and they live for money, they live for wealth, and then they lose it. And because that's all they've been living for, what's life then? And so they commit suicide or they, 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 uh, they have mental breakdowns and they do it. Why? Because everything's been about money. And so again, he's saying, brethren, be patient unto the coming of the Lord. Live for his coming. Don't live for money. Live for his coming. Live for the fact that, hey, uh, from now until the time he comes, I'm going to do my best to abound in the work of the Lord. Whatever riches, whatever uh, material possessions, whatever resources that God has given me, I'm going to use those to further the kingdom of God, but I'm always looking at what God has given me in light of the fact that he is coming soon. So he says, be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. He is coming. Amen. He is coming. Now, for the last 2,000 years, we've been saying that. But he is coming. He says, if I, if I go not away, he says, I, I can't come again. But he says, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself. That where I am there, you may be also. And so he is coming, and he is he is long suffering. And so many times people say, "Well, why hasn't he come? And what is he waiting for?" He is long suffering. He is giving as many people uh, the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ as possible. So he says, "Brethren, be patient for the coming of the Lord." He and he uses an example of a farmer. He says, "Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth." And hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Now he's talking about the the the, the first and the last rains there, the, the rain that would uh, water that uh, that seed at the very beginning and cause it to germinate and cause it to grow. And then he refers to the latter rains, that rain that is just before uh, the time of harvest. And, and so he says, when a, when a husbandman, when a, when a farmer plants that, that, that fruit in the earth, when it plants that seed in the earth, he knows that he's planted it. He knows that the waters are coming. He's waiting for the first and the, and the latter rains. And, and so he, with patience, waits for it. He, he doesn't plant and he doesn't go out there and say, all right, we've had the first rain. Where's the fruit? 
Where's the plants? How come, how come, how come I'm not ready to harvest? No, he, he gets that first rain and, and that causes the seed to germinate and that causes seed to grow, but he's waiting as well for the latter rain, which is that rain that is right before the time of harvest. And so he says he has long patience for it. And so in, in, in the same regard, you and I as believers, we need to have long patience. And so he says in verse number eight, be ye also patient, just as the farmer is waiting for the end when the harvest is taking place and the fruit is taken out. He says, we also need to be patient and wait for our harvest when we are taken out. He says, be also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So he says, establish your hearts, be patient, be patient, be patient. How, how, how can I be patient? Establish your heart, settle your heart. Let, let your hearts understand the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, how can I, how can I establish my heart? How can I make sure that my heart is ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? And again, he says, be patient. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It's just right around the corner. And I, and I do believe with all of my heart. And I know that I know that people have been saying this for years and years and years, but I do believe that with all my heart, the way our world is going today, I believe his coming is just right around the corner. But he says, be patient. Even if it's another 20 years, another 30 years, another 40 years, be patient establish your hearts, settle your hearts, put your heart on a firm foundation. Now take your Bibles real quickly. And uh, to give us a better understanding of this, I want you to go to the book of second Peter, the book of second Peter and uh, chapter three, the book of second Peter and chapter three. And uh, he is talking about the coming of the Lord and uh, let's go to Second Peter chapter three and look in verse number eight. Verse number eight. Second Peter chapter three and verse number eight. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing: that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. All right. Now, if that's true, and it is, because God says it is. That means since the time that James wrote his book and the time that Peter wrote his book, in God's way of timing things, it's only been two days, all right? It's only been two days. So when, when he says that we're in the last days and when he says that the coming of the Lord draws nigh, again, we, we, we have to get out of our framework of viewing time and we have to look at the way God views time. We, we look at time in hundreds and, and, and in thousands of years. God looks at time as in days, all right? So he says, he says, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Verse number nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, all right? He did promise to come. All right, he is going to come. He's not, he's not being a slacker. He's not being lazy about coming. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But watch, here's the reason why he has delayed his coming, if we want to use the word delay, because it's not really a delay. He's going to come when he, his father says come. All right, but he says, the reason why it seems like it's taking a long time, he says, uh, he says that he's not slack concerning his promise of some account slackness, but is long suffering 
to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why does it seem like we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting? Because he's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. He's, he's waiting for the last possible moment that, 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 that one more person would come to know Christ, that one more person would get saved. Now, I realize that there comes a time when God's going to shut the door. All right? He did that with the ark. For, for years and years and years, the door was open. Anybody could come in. All they had to do was walk into the ark. But there came a time when God shut the door. Now, <clears throat> the Bible says that even Jesus Christ does not know the day or the hour, but that has been given to the Father. So when the Father says, son, go get your bride. Son, go get, go get your people. Bring them home. All right? Then, then it's ready. But, but right now, he, the, when you sit there and you think, oh, is he ever going to come? We just keep saying he's coming. We keep saying he's coming. And for hundreds of years, we've been saying he's coming. He's saying he's coming, but he's not coming. Is he really coming? <clears throat> and he says, listen, I want you to understand the reason why you think that he's not coming is not that he's delaying, but he is long-suffering. Now, verse number 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the, uh, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now, this is one of those passages of Scripture that, that one day when I was reading it, it just it dawned on me something that I'd never seen before. Because of the way the verses are put there, verse 11, seeing then that, that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And, uh, and so you, 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 you tend to look at that verse, and then in verse number 12, he says, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, uh, where, you know, God is going to, he, he's, he's going to melt this earth, he's gonna, it's going to be dissolved, it's going to be destroyed, and uh, that is coming very, very soon. But I want you to notice at the end of verse number 12 is a question mark. It's a question mark. At the end of verse number 11 is a comma. And so from verse 11 to verse number 12 is one complete question. So let's read it as it is as a question. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? in all holy conversation and godliness, all right? So the question is, what kind of, knowing that the end is coming and knowing this earth is going to be destroyed and knowing that everything around us is temporary and it is all going to be brought to naught, it is all going to be dissolved, it's all going to be burnt up, it's all finished. So he says, what manner of persons ought you to be? What kind of persons are you to be as you, verse number 12, are looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God? How am I, what am I supposed to be doing? Now, remember back in, in James chapter 5 and verse number 8, he says, be also patient, establish your hearts. Establish your hearts. I think that that is a key there. 
we're not just supposed to be waiting and sitting down and twiddling our thumbs and saying, well, I'm just looking up in the clouds. He's not coming yet. And, and no, we need to establish our hearts. We need to, we need to be busy about the master's business. We need to make sure our heart is right with a God. We need to make sure. And, 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 and that's why he says here in verse number 11 of, of first Peter chapter three, what manner of persons ought you to be? All right. Now, if that's a question, then where's the answer? Okay. If that's the question, what manner of persons ought you to be? If, if I am to have a holy conversation, if I am to be godly, what manner of person should I be? Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, all right, that's the promise that he's not slack about. He says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, that that is promised in, in, that we see in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 21, this new heaven, this new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, verse 14, he answers the question, wherefore, brethren, seeing that ye look for these things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Did you see that? What manner of persons ought we to be? We ought to be people that are peaceful. We ought to be people that are without spot and blameless. Now, listen to me very carefully. Right now, we are in this earth. We're working in this earth. We're serving this earth. We are in this earth. So there Obviously, right now, there is a time period between today and when Jesus Christ comes, the coming of the Lord. So what am I supposed to be doing in that period of time? He says, establish your hearts. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself holy. Keep yourself right. Keep yourself so that you are prepared for the coming of the Lord. Prepare yourself. Now, we know he's coming. He's promised he's coming. He tells us, be patient because I am coming. So we know he's coming. We know that there are new heavens and a new earth are waiting for us. We know inheritance is waiting for us. We know, we know all of that because the Bible tells us all that. And, and for sure, we can uh, look forward to that. And, and, and it, there's nothing wrong with looking forward to that. But we also need to understand and realize that there's something I need to be doing between now and then. And between now and then, I need to be always abounding. What is our theme verse? He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Steadfast, unmovable. That means you're, 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 you're continuing to move on. You're continuing to be diligent. You're continuing to stay focused. You're continuing to stick, keep your eyes on the goal. You're continuing to, to move forward. But then he says, be unmovable, uh, unshakable in our beliefs, unshakable in our doctrine, unshakable in our, in our standards, unshakable in our beliefs, making sure nothing is moving us so that we can always abound in the work of the Lord. My friend, if your heart is not established, you can't abound in the work of the Lord. If your heart is not filled with holiness, if your heart is not uh, filled with peace, if your heart is not having the right motivation, you're not going to be able to abound in the work of the Lord. So the point that I want us to see today is, yes, 
the Lord is coming back. And, and praise the Lord, we can, we can look for that coming and, and we can rejoice that he is coming and we can know that that promise is going to be fulfilled without a doubt. And I thank God for that. But we can't just sit back and do nothing. We've got to establish our hearts. We've got to know where we stand. We've got to know what we're doing. We've got to know what we're accomplishing. And in this time frame that we are from today to the coming of the Lord, we ought to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. I tell you, I'm looking forward to his coming. I'm getting tired of this world. I'm getting tired of, of problems. I'm getting tired of culture difficulties. I'm getting tired of the body not being able to do what it used to do. I'm just being very honest with you today. I am looking forward so much to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the fact is, he's not come yet. And the fact is, I'm still on this earth. And the fact is, I'm still living in this sinful world. And so I, I need to, yes, keep my eyes on the Lord and look for his coming and, and, and hasten his coming. I want his coming to come. As a matter of fact, the Bible gives a, a special crown to someone who is looking and, and longing for the coming of the Lord. But my friend, we can't just sit down and just look for his coming. We've got to be busy about the master's business. We've got to be always abound. We've got to establish our hearts. We've got to make sure we're living a life of holiness, make sure we're living a life of godliness so that when he comes, we're ready for his coming. I, I don't want the Lord Jesus Christ to come back one day and he finds me sitting. I want him to come back and find me serving. I don't want Jesus Christ to come back and find me retired. I want him to come back and find me always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Oh, he's coming back. There's no doubt. Amen. There's no doubt he's coming back. I believe that with all of my heart. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next year. It could be 20 years from now. I don't know, but he's coming back. And so from now on, from now until the day that he comes, I'm going to endeavor with God's help, with God's grace, I'm going to endeavor to always abound in the work of the Lord. Amen. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I appreciate you making this podcast a part of your day today. I know you've got lots of things you can do. And I know there are literally hundreds of thousands, probably millions of podcasts out there. And the fact that you chose to listen to this one is an honor. Thank you so much uh, for uh, making this podcast part of your day. I hope that we can be a help and a blessing to you uh, in in any way, in a spiritual way. In a, in a, if, if I can help you, if I can uh, do whatever I can to be a blessing to you and your family, uh, please let me know. I, 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 I really mean that. And uh, I want to do everything I can to to try to help others. And God's put me here in Uganda. And, uh, and, and there's just so many needs. There's just so many uh, people that need help physically, spiritually, and, and you, you just can't, you can't meet everyone's needs. And I think sometimes that just wears on you a lot because you, you, you want to help everybody and, uh, you can only help those that, uh, that God gives you the resources to be able to help. 
And, uh, but it, it just wears on you a lot, but as, but as much as I can, I try to be helping a blessing to those that I come in contact with and, uh, try to encourage them and uh, do what we can to, uh, to be a help and a blessing to them. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in and, uh, appreciate, uh, all the prayers and support for our family, especially during this time while my wife is in the States. Thank you very, very much for, for your prayers and uh, continue to pray, continue to pray for her, uh, that she'll be able to get back to Uganda just as soon as possible. Pray that all that infection gets cleared up in her leg and uh, that she'll be able to get back here to the ministry, to her family. Uh, That would be most appreciated. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And again, don't forget, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We'll see you next Friday. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host, or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.